Welcome back to our second hour of the program. Don't forget you can win weekly prizes and a major prize of an NRL grand final experience thanks to the brand of hot water that comes on steady, hot and strong. Ream, just go to nrltipping.sen.com.au and our thanks to Ream for supporting this program and this network. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is my open line number. Tim Manor will join me, so I'll get Timmy's take on round one of the pre-season challenge and some of those burning questions that we posed this morning I'll play you some audio from the CEO of the GWS Giants. Yesterday, did a bit of a press call. They've got Collingwood in the opening match of the season in a couple of weeks' time. And talk about saying it like it is or telling it like it is. Dave's absolutely knocked it out of the park. (laughs) Um, And a couple of things you probably need to clarify when you hear about this whole Mankini thing, which is not the biggest issue in the world, but just up there with one of the most bizarre is... uh, Shane Rose is, was not competing when he did that. It was a bit of a fun, fancy dress thing. And it was a closed event. So he wasn't competing. And I doubt highly, absolutely highly, that his Olympic position is in any question. He's got three horses qualified. It won't get to that. So as much as that might make a, a good headline in the news, that's not the reality. The reality of the situation is that we've got a Mankini riding equestrian man uh, making headlines that's kind of it and they should have just fixed it up and moved on right let's go on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy southern rooster is on the line g'day rooster yeah matey how are you mate this morning yeah i'm good mate are you are you getting some rooster love in because tommy's no longer with us and we've the rooster content has dropped massively in the last two weeks Nah, look to be honest matey i've uh I've changed jobs and um, only kind of just got back on with you the last couple of weeks and I'm a bit devastated uh, from his last, to be honest. No, yeah, no, nah, mate, so he's, he's going well. He's got himself a new job. Yeah, he's going well. What do you got for me this morning, mate? And thanks for, well, thanks for mate, tuning I back in. A, a statement. Uh, I've got a statement, I think, and then a, um, oh, well, a question and then a statement kind of thing. With that um, Bennett Rooster, that Dom Young thing, like I know that yep. he gets three weeks and that's a crush attack and we've got to get rid of it and all that. But as a um, well, more of an AFL player when I was growing up, but uh, someone that liked to defend and take, make the tackles, what's what's the bloke supposed to do there? Because Dom was he was pulling Dom apart um, forward, and the other tackler grabbed his legs, stopped Dom dead. So Dom's fall to the ground, and the defender has got his arm caught under Dom's arm and kind of got dragged back towards Dom's head. Now I know he has to look after it, but. Geez, I just don't. You're getting three weeks of stuff. That if it's if it's blatant and you put yourself in that position to hurt somebody, fair enough. But I don't know. Sometimes mm. I think it's um they get hit for big whacks for something that really is the game. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, there's but, um, there's added there's added penalty for a hangover tackle for Toff Sipley on that one. So that's that's where the, oh, the full yeah. three. Yeah, that's where the full three weeks comes from. But you know, you pose a really good question. I mean. Toff Sipley is he's, he's almost two metres tall. We know how big Dom Young is, but Toff Sipley's 120-odd kilos, mate. And and I, I don't know what you're meant to do in that situation aside from making sure that you don't get in that situation. And and in the rough and tumble, you, you've got to give a bit of leeway. But the fact of the matter is it's a super dangerous tackle. Everyone knows that. The sight of Dom Young being taken off in an ambulance or taken out to the ambulance is horrible that the league doesn't want to see. So it's one of those split hair ones, Rooster, I reckon, don't you? I mean, 
there's a thousand moving parts, mate, going into that tackle from both sides. And something's going to happen in the middle of it. But I guess it is the onus on that scenario is on the defender to make sure that the defender doesn't end up on top of the neck of the attacking player. Yeah, I think, Matty, just as a coming through as a defender and a slow bugger, I kind of see it through a defender's eyes more often than um, attacker's eyes normally, but uh, or a forward. But the other yeah. thing is, um, when I got into um, the league, NRL, um, back in the day, back in the early 90s and that, and when AFL started to go soft and bloody ticky touch, wouldn't everyone look the same, run fast, and that's it. Um, your linesmen were, had a presence. They actually called you... If there was forward passes, there there was incidents. They always seemed to get into the game. That mm. Roosters game um, on the weekend, there were three blatant ones where the linesman was right there, forward pass, forward thing, knock on, <laughs> and the referees had to call it, and he didn't even get the flag up. Do we need them still, or or do, are they irrelevant, or do we mm. need to make them more present so they're actually there for a reason apart from just having a bloke run down or a person run down the sideline with a flag? Well, I'd say their responsibilities now are even greater. I would say that. I mean, when you go back and what what years, what, around what era did you come in and, and start following league? Oh, late 80s, I was kind of down here. We kind of getting a game here and there. But boy, when yeah. I joined the Navy and went to Sydney in 89, 90, I really got into it. Yeah, okay. So around the 80s and stuff, we were still used to, um, you know, the, the, the touchies essentially coming on in when they needed to and, and barking, you know, instructions and all that kind of stuff. But now, obviously, they've got so much feedback going back to the referee. You've got the bunker in play as well. So, uh, you know, there's there's probably more responsibility from the touchy in terms of, of what they're seeing and how they're um, communicating it. But they're, they're a, don't get me started on forward passes, Rooster. We'll be here all day. I mean, we, we can, you know, I, I don't think we're going to answer that one. But... Yeah, perhaps I, I don't know. I, I'm okay with the role of the of the touchies. I think that they they've got their roles. I think with the last thing we need is more officiating. Um, I I'm yeah, okay true. with yeah. Th- yeah. I'm okay with things that that sort of go a little bit astray because it's human error. We can't we can't justify every single millimeter of every single call. But um, yeah, that's an interesting one because when you were coming through, the role of the touch judge and as coming through as a spectator, the role of a touch judge was, I would say, vastly different to the role that they play yeah. these days. Thanks, mate. Good food for thought and uh, good to have you back on this program. Hope you're doing well. Um, give us a call anytime, mate. Good on you. Thanks, matey. There he is, the Southern Rooster folks, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 uh, Matty, I saw this man Keeney guy on TV before I left this morning. I'm sure he said it was fancy dress tradition at this event. If so, what's the drama? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I posed this morning. So when you go through the whole thing, like I say, it makes a heck of a headline, doesn't it? In the Herald today, Mankini ride puts stars Paris birth in jeopardy. <laughs> Which it kind of does, but kind of doesn't. Um, and then when you, think, when you go through it and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, like I said, somebody complained. Question in Australia, you've got to go through with it. Let me ask. Let me ask you this: What do you reckon PVL would do in this scenario? Either let it, let it sort of fuel the fire a little bit more, because let's face it, we're talking about equestrian here, and you now know who Shane Rose is. And when he gets to Paris, you're going to be invested in that story. Um, perhaps we should have known before, because he's a triple Olympian and three-time medalist along the way, but. Makes for a really good headline.
All righty, let's talk more rugby league. I'm interested in the take of uh, round one of the preseason challenge and, of course, the All-Stars match in Townsville with this man. Tim Manor joins me on this Monday morning. G'day, Tim. Oh, Maddie, so good to hear your voice. It's, uh, it's been a long off-season, but uh, good to be seeing footy back on the screen. It is, isn't it? So did you did you digest all of it, mate? Because a lot of people still have other summer sports continuing um, and you've got to, you know do the juggle i was i was in and out up and down trying to figure out how much i could get and consume and what i couldn't see i tried to listen to and what i couldn't listen to i just tried to read as much as i could you in the same boat yeah let me give you a hot tip i've been uh i've been around trial games for a long time since when i was playing um and i'll give you a perfect example 2012 we won our trial game 30 nil and we thought the year that we're going to win the comp and we got second last that year so um i guess the lesson to learn is don't read too much in trial games um there's so much that you know players are coming and going they don't play their best teams they don't want to show too much of their moves so you know as much as you kind of want to you know grab onto some result and hope it's uh, a sign of things to come it's uh it's hard to get a read from trial games but that must be hard from a and, and i'll just ask you this from a total player's perspective right because that must be hard if I'm the coach and you come away from a 30-0 win, I want you to keep that momentum going and take away the positivity of that, don't I? So in a preseason match, I want to say to you, Tim, that was awesome. Let's keep it going. This is a great start. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Instead of saying, Tim, it's only a trial match. Let's get the real job started next week. Yeah, but look, you know, you, there's so many teams that play on the weekend that have a side that doesn't resemble anything like their round one team. So, yeah. um, you know, Parramatta's an example. Like, I watched their, their game, and, you know, a lot of these guys are, um, you know, are great players, but a lot of them won't feature in that round one team against the Bulldogs. So, um, it's a great opportunity for them to get a taste of first grade football and understand what it's like. And I still remember when I was 19, 20, getting those games under my belt. Um, it gives you so much more confidence when you go back down to the lower grades, knowing that I played against first graders and I was able to hold my own. Um, but at the end of the day, it's hard to get a read of results because, you know, a good 10, 11 players that would be in that round one team weren't there. Mm. And the other thing too is now the preseason challenge is essentially a formal challenge. It's it's covered like a, a, a top grade, you know, once we get into the full premiership, it, it's got the full coverage on it and you're seeing everything and everything's analysed to the nth degree. So we've got all of that information, whereas I reckon in years gone by, Preseason was preseason. It sort of happened over there, and if you had your eyes on it, you got to see a little bit. So, a little bit of a different focus. We were just having the discussion, Tim, about the crusher tackle, which has been a constant chat, and the Dom Young mm. Toff Sipley incident. Can you can yeah. you buy into this one in terms of whose responsibility is it in those two big moving parts of the attacker and the mm. defender coming in yeah. together? and everything else to ensure that a crusher doesn't happen. Yeah, the thing is with the crushers, um, and there's been a spotlight on it for the last few years, and rightly so, because it's a very scary-looking tackle. But uh, there's a couple of things I'll say. One, there's not one team on the planet that is practicing a crusher tackle. I can guarantee you that, because no one's at training trying to think, how can we attack the next to make it to our advantage? So that's it's not something that is in your consciousness. Like, no one's actually... Um, trying to hurt anybody when it comes to the neck. Um, when you're playing a sport like our sport and it's high impact, um, two big men running at each other, there's always going to be the risk that um, you know you put yourself in positions that you don't want to be in. 
Um, and as an attacker, you're always trying to get that extra meter or two, always trying to um, find a way to get to your front. And uh, a lot of times that would mean being in a vulnerable position. So if you're in that position, um, that defender, they're not trying to hurt your neck. They just, the, the way physics works is they're in a position where they're trying to make the tackle. Um, and a lot of those times, it's just unfortunate the way it ends up. So I don't think anyone's um, maliciously going there trying to hurt someone's neck. It's just the speed of the game and, and you know, the, the power and, and size of these players just lead them to um, be in unfortunate situations sometimes. But they do train the wrestling techniques, don't they? So, and yeah, and that's all about and that's train. all about slowing down the ruck, right? Hundred percent. So yeah, obviously your intent is to slow down the ruck. Um, but, you know, I've, I was, I've been part of wrestling systems for 15 years. And, um, you know, even I even say the same thing about a hip drop because no one, no one is, you know, the game is so fast. To say that someone's trying to do a hip drop and hurt someone is ridiculous. So the, the problem is our, in our psyche, all you're thinking about is how can I slow this down as much as possible? So because you've had all those years of wrestling techniques where you're trying to slow them down, the first thing you're doing when you're making a tackle is I need to get in a position where I can get him on his back or slow him down. Um, and you know, even though you're not getting you're not getting trained in those specific tactics, naturally your body tries to find a way to slow them down. So you know, the hip drop is a good example where I'm just going to drop my body weight because I need to find a way to, to get this guy down. Otherwise, you know, it's going to look bad on me. Um, so no one's doing it trying to injure the knee. No one's doing a crush trying to injure a neck. It's just a um, you know a subconscious result of trying to slow the tackle down. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like wrestling is part of the game, um, but those certain tactics uh, don't exist. And if they did exist, I'll tell you what would happen. When a, cl- when a player leaves a club that's doing it, they'll go to the next club until that club. Like, it, it wouldn't be a secret. Like, everyone would know people are practicing it. But, you know, in my yep. 15 years, I never saw anything like that practice. Yeah, yeah. No secrets in the game, mate. Very hard to keep secrets in this game. Um, just, yeah. give, just give me your thoughts on a couple of the big names who, who featured on the weekend. One returning in Ryan Pappenhausen looks sharp. Um, and then Reese Walsh, Looked really sharp. Looks really fit as well. Um, no surprise that even opposition fans had, you know, I love you, Reese. I mean, this kid's a genuine superstar. And let's hope that he gets he gets through unscathed. But both of those guys in particular look really, really sharp, fit, and ready to go again. Yeah, that's exciting. I think going into the season as a fan, you just want to see all your stars you know, in good shape. And, you know, Pappenhausen, I'm, I'm very biased when it comes to... Um, yeah, how much of a fan I am of his. But, you know, I love the way he does, the way he carries himself, the way he got him through the, you know, a very dark and challenging time in recovery. Um, so to see him back on the field and smiling was a, you know, it's a great sight and it's a, it's a sight that rugby league missed. I think everyone forgets how good he is and um, the stuff he can do. So it's great to see him back. Reese Walsh, uh, he's a marketer's dream. Like he's, you know, I think every brand in the country would love a piece of him and um, you know, he presents well. He's a freak of a talent and so many kids in the country want to be him. So... Um, it's great to see him in shape and you know, after the how close they came last year I'm sure the Broncos will come to the season with a point to prove um, I thought from the Broncos game the, the, the move that really impressed me was Cobo in the centres um, mm. I thought he looked really natural there and um, you know, it's, a, it's a position I, I can see him going into and you know, we could be seeing like a, another greenless type of player yeah, yeah. which is I mean, terrifically gifted. You've got the size and all that as well. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be hard to stop, I reckon, the Bronx this season. Good on you, mate. Good to uh, get our first chat for season 2024. I'm sure there'll be plenty more. Thanks, mate. Talk to you, Legend.
There he is, Tim Manor, joining us. 0457 736 736. 19 and a half minutes after 10 o'clock on this Monday morning. Have you got burning questions? Have you got burning answers to those questions? Can you have a burning answer? Maybe. Uh, 1300-01-1170. Stay around. After the break, I'll play you the, uh, the press conference from the GWS Giants yesterday. It was absolute beauty.